You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, Beyond the Baseline is brought to you by FreshBooks. It's smart mobile accounting designed specifically for freelancers and small business owners. You could make the case a tennis player is a small business owner. It would be great for a pro tennis player too. Say a young American ranked number 81. You can try FreshBooks for 30 days on us. No credit card required. Go to FreshBooks.com sports. Go to FreshBooks.com sports. Enter sports in the How You Heard About Us section. And you'll be able to experience fresh books for yourself. I think, I think this adjustment to the pros, again, from where you were a year ago is really interesting. I mean, is it, is it weird to look at these draws and sort of see these players that were the stars when, when you were a kid? I mean, when you stop and think about it, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy that all these people that, you know, I... Obviously, being around tennis my whole life, I grew like I grew up like these guys were winning all the all the slams, and you know they were the biggest uh, biggest names in tennis. And then to see, you know, that's when I was like 12 years old. Now, you know, it's crazy that I can I can possibly play them first round pretty much any tournament. Everyone, John Wertheim here. This is this week's Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. Our guest this week is the flavor of the month, two months for 2016, Taylor Fritz, 18-year-old American. He is now up to number 81, and he is not defending a whole lot of points. This has caused some real optimism in tennis circles. Always a balance. You don't want to hype the kids too much. On the other hand, you have an 18-year-old who's top 100 with a bullet, and you probably ought to comment on that. A little jarring, I will concede, to interview a teenager as the father of teenagers myself. But we will give it a whirl. We'll try and drop some knowledge, as the kids say. That was a joke. Um, but we will talk to uh, Taylor Fritz. He's practicing in Carson, California, in advance of Indian Wells, where he'll be playing in the main draw. Let's bring him in now. 18-year-old Taylor Fritz. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. We're... Uh, where are we getting you here? Uh, I'm just getting some work done on a physio table right now. 
Are you you're in California? Yeah, Carson. This has been quite a run you've been on since. Uh, yeah, thanks. Really, since the U.S. Open. The the one question that we always get taught not to ask is how does it feel? Bad question, but I want to ask you, how does it feel? What, what's 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 this been like the last nine months? I mean, it just feels really good because um, I've been working really hard. And, you know, it feels really good to see it all uh, all uh, pay off. What's the bigger adjustment? Playing, you know, playing against adults. I mean, you you played. Uh, I was looking at some of your opponents. I mean, you're playing 35 year old men in some cases. What what's the bigger adjustment? Playing the adults or everything that comes off court with being a pro, crossing oceans and dealing with uh, security lines and hotels and travel mishaps. What's what's kind of been the biggest adjustment for you? I mean, probably doing all the right stuff off the court, like, um, you know, making sure I get um, my body worked on, I stretch, I get in the ice bath, I just eat healthier, work hard, just doing all the extra stuff off court that I, I you know, I could get away with not doing in the, uh, in the juniors. But in the uh, in the pros, you got to do everything you possibly can to uh, give yourself the best chance to win the match. Who's who's working with you now? Uh, I mean, I know you're you're coached. You're working with 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 Nankin, and uh, who's sort of helping uh-huh. you with who's helping you with that kind of stuff? That hey, look, you should really uh, you should do, do do the roller to stretch out because the mitochondria need. To, I mean, who's helping you with everything that it means to be a professional? Um, no one really. I mean, with USGA. Um, Rodney, Rodney Marshall helps me a lot with my, uh, my, he does my fitness and, you know, all my, uh, you know, he gives me all the routines to do the stretching and the cool down, the warm up and all that stuff to help me prepare and, you know, cool down after my matches. But, um, you know, me getting a nice bath or me eating healthy, obviously that's on my own time. So I have to uh, do that stuff on my own. I'm curious, what's the role of technology in all this? I mean, I've, I've seen some guys who, you know they've they've got their phone and that's pretty much it. And other guys I've seen they've have you know they're they're looking at their nutrition on these digital trackers and they're they're watching, you know they're watching YouTube videos of players are going to play in the next round. Where does technology intersect with uh, your your as a digital native as an eighteen year old? Where, what role does technology have in your career right now? Mm, I would probably say none at all. <laughs> I mean, you're old school. I don't think it has. I don't. I don't use. I don't really use technology to benefit me in any way uh you know i eat i eat what i think is healthy i don't track anything and then and i don't i i'm never the one that watches any any clips of my opponents play or anything like that i kind of just use technology for my own enjoyment nothing having to do with um tennis i, I was going to ask you about the scouting though i mean you, you play at the top level of juniors and sometimes you know the guys pretty well and you get to the top level of the pros, and you know Stan Wawrinka knows what Andy Murray's game is like uh, inside and out. When you're in the position you are, though, where you're you're climbing the ranks, how are you preparing for guys who you're, you're likely never have seen play before? Um, you know, sometimes I just don't know anything about them, or sometimes I'll just you know I'll ask around, or my you know I'll leave the scouting up to uh, my coach. I got a trivia question for you. Last last teenager to win a major. On the men's side, you know who it is. Who was the last teenager, uh, teenager on the last teenager on the men's side to win a major? I don't know, Stamkos. Um, I'm thinking. I, I don't know the answer. I'm thinking Nadal. Uh, it got to be Nadal, right? Oh, no, yeah, it is. It is Nadal. It is Nadal. Um, but we we talked about it this week about how hard it's been for for teenagers to to break through. I mean, you're obviously 
as, as I said in the intro, you're, you're up to number 81, and that's with a bullet because you're not uh, doing a whole lot of defending um, for a while. Do you? And, and so when, when we talk about this, why have there not been more teenagers? And the, the fallback answer is usually the game has just gotten so physical. Do you feel this physicality mm-hmm. out there? I mean, do you, do you buy that? Does, does the game feel considerably more physical at the ATP level than it did when you were playing a year ago? You, you, you buy that? Yeah, it's not even close. Um, the the guys that are actually professional are in much better shape, and it's, it takes a lot more out of you to uh, to play them than it does uh, a junior. Is that 100%. is that endurance? Is that is that physicality in the point? Does does the ball feel heavier, or is that just look these these guys it's, play it's, best of five matches? Every it's it's everything combined. You you feel that just shot to shot. You feel feel that point to point. I mean, yeah, it's just not as it's just not as intense when you're uh, when you're in the point. It's it just it's a lot tougher. You do a lot more moving and a lot more a lot more working. You need to put more on the ball. It, it's it's everything is just uh, tougher on your body. That's what rocket is for, right? Yeah, that's why you got Rodney. Um, so we we were hearing last summer that um, you know I'm sure you've gotten a thousand times. If if I had a dollar for every time you've heard about. Tell us about this cluster of Americans. Tell us about this group of uh, peers you have. I suspect I'd be wealthy. But when we were talking last summer, when I, I think a lot of you guys, you know, T- Tommy Paul won the French Open and Riley Opelka at Wimbledon and you at the U.S. Open. And I think this cluster really, um, you know, it's like the, the alternative band that finally went mainstream. But the one thing we heard about you was that it was really a close call whether to go play college tennis or, uh, or to turn pro. Um, I don't know. I mean, you t- yeah. tell me if that's true or not. But what what pushed you over? What what sort of influenced your decision? Well, I mean, I was always I was always on the side where I wanted to turn pro, even when it probably wouldn't have been a good idea for me to. With my results, I still wanted to. It was always my uh, my dad who wanted me to go to college and play in college. How's how's he feel um, about that decision now? I mean, obviously, I made the right decision. I never let my uh, my dad hear the end of it. <laughs> I was gonna say, hope, hope you got some mileage out of that with dad. Now that you're uh, t- yeah. t- top hundred after six months of doing this, um, do do you know where you would have gone? I mean, I USC was a school I yeah, heard. I was, was that? I was pretty. I was pretty set to go to USC. You have buddies that you have buddies that go there now. You you have friends that go there now. Yeah. You're you're ever. Uh, it's it's Tuesday night and you're you're in Acapulco and you say, boy, I wonder wonder what it would be like to be in the freshman dorm and living the life of a college kid. No, no, I'm uh, happier doing what I'm doing now. How much do you follow other sports? It depends what sports. I mean, as I mean, football and soccer, I follow pretty. I follow a lot, and then besides that, I I don't know too much. Your your mom obviously was a, a a former pro, but was was this a case where you were you were an athletic kid and chose tennis? Did you feel like tennis chose you? Were there other sports that you had thought about playing instead? How how'd you end up here? Um, you know, it was just always around me. It was always around me growing up. So, you know, and I and I knew I always wanted to be a professional athlete. You know, I played pretty much every sport when I was growing up. And, you know, that's something that kind of um, made me kind of 
kind of influenced how I came out of came through with tennis and kind of later you know I didn't do too much in tennis when I was younger I started getting better at 16 because I was playing several sports up until then that was, that was two years ago uh yeah about two yeah I, I quit yeah it was two two and a half years ago I quit the last sport I, I still had left which was uh basketball you just pretty much had, every had every choice. year, pretty much every year, pretty much every year from when I was like ten, I dropped a sport that I was playing. <laughs> well, one sport went by the wayside every year till you left left with tennis. Yeah, and then you know I got I got down to it, and I'm like, you know what, I want to be a I want to be a professional athlete. And I, you know, tennis is my best is my best sport for sure, and I thought you know I thought I could do it. I think you're for, for a lot of us who have seen you play. I think your your game has these sort of reflexive uh, these, these echoes of of, of Sampras. Um, what, what players impacted you? Um, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't watch, um, a lot of tennis at all when I was younger. I, uh, you know, I really, I really liked Sampras, but, um, I just really didn't watch that much tennis to be honest. Wait, why, uh, I mean, I think, I think this is, uh, instructive. So you're, you're a guy, you play the sport, you're athletic, your, your, your mom has a history. Why, why didn't you watch tennis? I mean, just does, didn't translate to TV, or was it the the absence? I mean, when of I was young, when what? I was when I was when I was a lot younger, I didn't. I mean, I was always around it so much. I just didn't really enjoy watching it. I got. I don't know. I just. I. I found. I didn't. I didn't really like it when I was younger, and I. I thought it was boring, also. But I. Can, I can watch it now, and I enjoy playing now. Obviously. What What do you think tennis can do to be? Um, more appealing as a TV product. I mean, because I, th- I think it's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, it's something I've heard before. I mean, I have ki- kids who embarrassingly are a ton younger than you are, and, and tennis just doesn't register with them the way other sports do. What do you think tennis can do to be more uh, appealing to a teenager at home flipping through through ESPN and deciding what to watch? I honestly don't know. I think people would like to watch more if they could all have uh, players they, they could get behind. So I feel like maybe getting the uh, you know more um, individualized kind of showing showing each player's uh, personality more. I don't. I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe just building more of a profile for each player, so people can kind of get behind get behind a player and you know cheer for them. But like you know, because that's that's what uh, that's what team sports have. Every team has you know people cheering for the, uh, the team. Yeah, right. Uh, well, the people that are watching right. the people right. that are watching, you know, the people that are watching games between two teams, they're more than likely a fan of one or the other. Yeah, I was thinking too. If you so, if you were in, uh, you know, if you, if you were in Orange County or you were in Carson for half of your games, you, you'd probably have a different kind of profile than when you're, you know, you're in Memphis and you're in Delray and you're in Acapulco and you, you've already been to Australia this year. Um, the, you know, every every game's a road game basically for. For a guy like you, I just I, I think I just I think I just feel like it'd be more entertaining for people to watch if they if they had someone to uh, to cheer for. That just makes sports more uh, more entertaining more entertaining. All right, hold that thought, Taylor Fritz. Every great team has a strong support system to back them up. Every great tennis player too, as we've just heard. But the same goes for your business. FreshBooks is here to help with that support system. 
For the best way to manage your books and make tax season easy, get FreshBooks. It's intuitive. It's an easy tool. It makes creating and sending invoices so simple for freelancers and small business owners. I would add writers and tennis players to that list as well. We all have invoices that we'd like to see get paid. We all have tax issues that are coming up in about a month. FreshBooks stands out where it really counts, which is, of course, getting you paid. Create and send invoices in 30 seconds. You'll see exactly when your client looked at the invoice you've emailed, so they won't be able to say, can you send it again? I don't think I got that. FreshBooks can send late payment reminders to your clients automatically, which means you're not wasting time chasing them down and fighting clients for payment. The results speak for themselves. FreshBook users get paid five days faster than the rest of us do. So don't take my word for it. Right now, FreshBooks is offering my listeners 30 days of unrestricted use, totally free. That's right. You don't even need a credit card to sign up. How do you do it? Easy. You go to freshbooks.com slash sports, enter sports in the how you heard about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash sports, enter sports in the how you heard about us section, and get paid. So it's, it's the first changeover of the second set. And, and I walk on the court and I go up to you and I say, uh, how's, how's this match going for you so far? And, and what do you need to do differently? You, are you going to, uh, you going to indulge that interview or is that going too far? Um, for me, I probably wouldn't, uh, wouldn't mind. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't want to, I mean, the only problem is that you don't want to give your opponent like your, your strategy or anything like that. But I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard about the possibility of doing the encore interviews. And I mean, I got no, I have no problem with that. I like to hear that. Um, no, cause I, I mean, I think you make some, I think you make some really good points and I think some of it honestly comes down to how much the athletes are willing to, uh, to cooperate too. But, um, good to hear in, yeah, in Indian, in Indian Wells, your first match, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be looking for you. Um, so I, I mean, I think, I think this adjustment to the pros again, from where you were a year ago is really interesting. I mean, have you, have you gotten over the fact, I, mean, I was doing the math in my head, and I'll, I might be off a little here, but I think you were five when Roger won his first major, seven Nadal, and maybe nine for Djokovic. I mean, is it, is it weird to look at these draws and sort of see these players that were the stars when, when you were a kid and just, hey, there, there I am a couple of uh, notches away from them? I mean, is that something you, you need to train yourself to get over? Is there still a wow factor? What's it like um, playing in the same tournaments as Hall of Fame players that not that you know, long ago you, you had posters on? Yeah. I mean, when you stop and think about it, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty crazy that all these people that, you know, I obviously being around tennis my whole life, I grew like I grew up like these guys were winning all the all the slams, and you know they were like, you know, they were the biggest uh, biggest names in tennis, and then to see, you know, that's when I was like twelve years old. Now. That's, that now, could be the guy on the uh, other side of the net, dude. Yeah, you know it's crazy that I can I can possibly play them first round pretty much any tournament. But um, I try not to think about it too much and just yeah, just don't, I just don't think about it too much. What about the fact? I mean, you you'd mentioned that the matches are more physical and that you're you're having to hit a lot more balls and you're probably going to different spots on the court than you were a year ago when you were in the juniors, but in your head, I mean, any, every sort of recreational player, even, you know, you've, you've got certain thoughts going through your head during a match. Is the mental game different juniors to pros, or are you sort of, 
you're playing the ball and I mean how much has your mental game changed over the last year I mean it's the mental games you know it's extremely important it's probably one of the most important parts of, of the game but I mean I don't think it's really it's really changed you know I've just had to make sure I'm more I'm a little more focused on court you know because in juniors I could get away with maybe you know losing focus or you know like but like perfect like in in the pros you just have to be on it non-stop and I mean that's not that's not uh, too hard. I mean, besides that, my strategies and mental um, tactics, they're all, I mean, everything's the same. You like where you are mentally? I mean, it, it seems, I, I watched your uh, your qualifying match against Varev in Australia. I mean, it, do, it does seem like fighting and closing are, are two of your strengths. You like where you are mentally? Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's one of the best things I do. Without giving away too much, what are what are the not best things you do? What are what are some parts of your game that you're realizing you need to work on? I don't 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 give away too many trade secrets here, but are there aspects of your game that now that you've made this move to the pros, you're thinking to yourself that's that that's something I need to shore up a little bit? Um, I think I need to work on my transition and my uh, my volleys, and um, I think. I could work on my uh, my slice and you know my movement a little bit. I think my movement can get better. Hey everyone, I want to give a warm welcome to two new hosts on the SI Podcast Network, Andrew Sharp and Ben Golliver, two guys with real knowledge and passion for basketball. Just had dinner the other night with Andrew Sharp. We were talking about this. They have a no-holds-barred NBA podcast. You want to talk about everything from Steven Adams' mustache to what's going on with Carmelo to LeBron James. They're doing a weekly edition of Open Floor SI NBA podcast. And don't worry, Lee Jenkins is not going anywhere. You just get two shows now instead of one. Subscribe to the Open Floor podcast. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SI.com podcast. Andrew Sharp, very funny guy, has his own podcast with Ben Golliver. You should listen. I'm going to keep putting money in my own pocket here and say that, again, if I had a dollar for every time you hear about Andy Roddick in 2003 being the last American male to win a major, um, I I would get very wealthy. I suspect you're going to get a lot of questions over and over again as you go through this year yeah how, how much are you yeah, for sure. i mean how, how what's the preparation like i don't I don't just mean for interviews but just everything that goes into being a professional now um you know when to withdraw and when not to withdraw and when to play doubles and when not to play doubles and going to the interview room and saying the right things after matches who who sort of shepherds you through that i mean how, how does the process work where everything that's not about hitting a tennis ball that comes with being a professional who who's helping you with that i mean you know there's uh you know there's a lot of there's a lot of really uh tough decisions you make and you you feel like each one could uh make or break um a lot of things in your career and um so you're worried about each one you make but i i my team is uh you know when i'm making those decisions i have uh my coach, David Nankin, I talked to my dad, my mom, uh, my agents, uh, the CA, they all helped me a lot with uh, decision-making. And uh, I feel really good about my whole uh, my whole team. And they, uh, 
they all help me a lot. So I feel I always feel like I'm making the right decision. You've done 20 minutes of good podcasting. If that's uh, if that's consolation. So so where um you're you're off to Indian Wells next? I'm guessing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you you? I mean, that's obviously an event that takes place. You know, maybe 90 minutes, two hours from where you grew up. Um, especially yeah. w- without too many other events in, uh, in Southern California. I mean, do, you, do you treat this event different? Is this sort of a home game for you? No, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say like a home game because that kind of gives, that makes it sound like I have like an advantage or something. I just feel like, you know, it's a tournament I'm really looking looking forward to. And, I've you know, I've always wanted to play it, especially, you know, growing up and going to it so many times as a, you know, as a kid. It's just it's just one I'm really excited to go to and excited to play and that, you know I think I'll have I'll definitely have the uh, the crowd on my side. Nothing to lose, as we say in sports. Um, you you are listed at six four, great tennis height, one hundred and eighty five pounds. Is that is that fighting mm-hmm. weight? Is that is that are those um, is that, that one hundred and eighty five pounds about right? Is that something you want to to add on to? Yeah, I want. Yeah, I definitely want to gain more weight, which I did. I'm about 190 right now. I don't know. I don't know why it. I don't know why it. I mean, it has me with is that because that's where I was at. Maybe like probably when you turn pro. Before, before, before I mean, before when I turned uh, before the off season. But during the off season, we kind of stressed uh, me putting on some more more weight and uh in muscle. Right. Right. Because I'm, you know, I'm pretty pretty skinny so we we were able to i'm about i'm about one one eighty nine one ninety now you you have a goal with the uh you have a goal with the weight or is that you're getting close to where you want to be yeah i'd probably be happy with like one ninety five and just more more lean more muscle right what um that's probably good so i i was thinking that part of the um you know, p- part of the fun of getting to know young players. I mean, you're well, let's be honest. You're you're sort of you've you've had some very very nice results here, and you're, um, you know, you're sort of the the, the toast of uh, U- U.S. tennis right now. It's a good time for you. Part part of the fun is getting to know your game, but part of it also is trying to get to know the personality of these up and coming players. I mean, what what else? You know, you you got a blank canvas here. What what else are you into? What else are you? The Warriors, World of Warcraft. DJ Khaled, Model Boat Society. I don't know what what else are you about. What else What else interests you? Um, you know when I'm when I'm not playing tennis, I'll do a lot on the. Uh, you know, I'll play a lot of other sports with my friends. And um, you know, I'll, I'll play other sports like soccer with my friends. I like to hang out with my friends from uh, from back when I went to high school when I have the time. Um, I I like to play video games a lot when I'm home. Um, you know that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. What uh, you, you know, I said asking an athlete how does it feel is probably the worst question you can ask. I think the second worst question might be uh, what are your goals for the rest of the year. But I want to ask you, you're top hundred now, as I mentioned, not not defending much in the way of points. Uh, have you? kind of recalibrated and set a new ranking goal as you look at 2016 yeah um you know originally i wanted to uh just to break into the top 100 in 2016 take that long. was my goal and i mean now that's yeah now that's done I, I think my next my next goal is to 
sometime in this year get into the uh, get to fifty or top fifty. Some I'm just, uh, kind of just any time in this year break into that. That would be uh, that'd be nice. That means a lot of things. And then to and then to make sure I finish the year, I want to finish like for sure finish the year. Uh, top eighty would be nice. You're you're eighty one now, so I like your odds. But uh, no, t- I mean to top uh, well, fifty I do is. Have, I do have a, I do have about three hundred points at the end of the year in the fall. Right, right. Um, no, we were, I was talking to another player who said top, you know top fifty sounds nice and it's a benchmark, but top top fifty also means you know a lot of things: automatic entry into Master Series events. Um, t- t- top mm-hmm. fifty, big big difference between fifty and eighty one, even if it's only thirty one points. But you're uh, you're well on your way. You've won a lot of matches yeah. since the U.S. Open. Seems to be going great, and we uh, look forward to seeing you in the desert. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the time, and uh, good luck out there. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Taylor. All right. That was Taylor Fritz, pre-morning coffee, we're guessing, but a nice kid who's got a very, very bright future. You try to watch him play in Indian Wells. There's a lot of game there. Again, six foot four. He tells us 190 pounds, never mind what the ATP tells us. He's got five more pounds to go. Watch him play, and I think you'll see why he's generating so much optimism in U.S. tennis circles. Again, up to number 81, and that's only going to go up. When he says top 50 by the end of the year, that seems eminently doable. Um, We hope he stays healthy. We hope he stays fresh and energetic, and uh, we look forward to watching him in Indian Wells. That does it for this week. Send more guests. There's a vicious rumor that our old friend Brad Gilbert is stopping by. We'll be in Indian Wells, so maybe we can pick off uh, some subjects then. But feel free to send suggestions. Always welcome. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again in seven days. Enjoy the week. Enjoy Indian Wells. Take care.